Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Go back to the doll queue. Please don't tell Pete from the pub Because he'll judge me But I don't mind 
I've been paying my taxes on time I'm not central, not essential I've never worked for the NHS Yet I've clapped hands and I beat pants Put away the kitchen utensils now Don't let your P45 give you chills Because we need jobs We need 101 part-time jobs Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder, where I speak to music makers about how they do the thing they do on a day-to-day level, the stories that have come from prioritising music over everything else in life. A few years ago, I figured, do you know what? This is actually a mad thing that people do to make their art, and they've got themselves into some tricky situations. So that's what I'm here for, and on today's episode, I speak to Willie J. Healy. His new album, Bunny, is out very soon. He's been on tour with Arctic Monkeys, with Jamie T, and these songs are just excellent snapshots of a delightful time. It's sunshine music, it's morning music. I love a good iced coffee in the morning, and Willie J. Healy, an iced coffee, you know, it's like when you go to somewhere fancy and it's like, we'll blend this flavour with that flavour, with this IPA, with this biscuit that we also sell at the pub, then you get the perfect taste. That's a bit like Willie J. Healy and iced coffee for me, so take from that what you will, I guess. Yes. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs here every Tuesday and Thursday. So feel free to subscribe to get notified when they come out. Got some brilliant guests swinging through all the time. Here's Willie J. Healy on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me something good. The further you, you, you dive into it, the more you encounter like the different ways that people hustle really and make it happen and I've kind of been you know I've had ups and downs and periods where I haven't needed to make to to kind of work on the side or you know it hasn't been a stress Um, and I've had moments where I'm like literally trying to tell my people I work for like I'm coming back but like I have to go for a month you know like um, yeah but yeah it's a funny thing how good did you get at Doing the white lie or to, you, to your future boss. Terrible. I'm the worst. I am the least kind of, uh, what's the word? Employable person ever because I've been fortunate. I've kind of like managed to mainly do music for, for a while now. But the times I have had a job, I'm just rubbish at like, I'm just really unorganized as well. So I'm like, oh, sh- I've actually got this thing. I forgot like. There's no time for a lie. I, I think, ironically, that puts you in good stead for what you're trying to do. Because if you can put yourself in a position where you actually, you're not employable for anything else, <laughs> then you just give yourself the one option. It's, good. it's a blessing and a curse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, I was really, I'm watching an interview with Central C on, on that brilliant chicken shop, date, chicken shop dates. And he was saying that, and I see this, I, I see it in authors, for example, because, you know, you spend two years writing a novel and no one else has read it. You'd have no idea. You have to be delusional. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's a very powerful, it's a powerful thing. Do you, do you know what I mean? Does that resonate with you? It does. Yeah. I think that I'm so immature and delusional that I've been kind of simple minded enough to trundle through. And I think the times I stop and I look at, what's really going on and, and what the outcomes of this could be. I'm like, it's so overwhelming to me that I just can't. Yeah. 
I can't yeah. be anything but delusional, really. And I, I think a lot of my friends that seem to, you know, do well are a bit like that. I think this is the power in it. And, you know, I'm trying to do this podcast for a living and it's, it's getting there slowly. And, you know, I'd like to do more radio. And it's, it's a, of course, it's totally different, but it's a similar sort of thinking when, when it's go time, I'm fucking here. I'm ready. Get on the phone, whatever I'm doing, I'll get on the phone. When it's a quiet day, I drive myself up the wall. Yeah. It's such a roller coaster, isn't it? I guess. Cause you're like, you know, you want to be busy all the time, but that's not really how it works. Do you remember the first time you thought, and it could be a first tour, it could have been, you know, the first conversation with someone who's releasing your records potentially in the future where you thought, all right, you know, I am going to prioritize this. Like this has given me a, that little ounce of confidence that I've needed to back myself. I've been quite fortunate. Yeah. I think really like I've got very supportive parents, almost like toxically. So, you know what I mean? Like probably a, a dangerous amount, like the things I've done so far and the things I've shown interest in, they're so biased that they've told me, Oh, you're so good at that. Like you should do that. And you know, they completely, they look at me with rose tinted glasses, I think. So quite early on, I, I was, to, I was led to believe that anything was possible. Mm. And um, I think I've been delusional for a long time now. <laughs> Did you grow up like skateboarding or BMXing, any of that stuff where you could put your hands to it and get creative? Not really, no. I, I, um, I actually was like really into like football and boxing, which, which led me to feel like a little bit of an imposter when I started making friends in music. So I felt like the UK equivalent of like a jock you know, right. even though yeah. I'm not, but, um, sportsman. Yeah. You know, like our oh, sports and like health and, you know, yeah. everyone I was meeting when I started getting into music were like, you know, about partying and yeah, skating and like subculture. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, there's arguments to say that boxing and football and anything you, you kind of, it can be creative. And I've always been like very creative within whatever I've done. So, yeah. Coming into Bunny, your fan base has sort of grown, you know, like strong and steadily, I would say from my perception. Is that kind of something that you see? Is that something that you're aware of? I think I try not to think about it too much, but, you know, like leading into an album, uh, you're kind of forced to focus on these things because they're relevant, you know. And Yeah, I feel like I definitely am in touch with, this gradual kind of for feeling of growth personally and like in terms of like people hearing it and, you know, getting recognition from, from people I wouldn't have ever dreamed of, you know, even hearing my music years mm. ago. And I, I do, yeah, I'm aware of, of that kind of feeling. And um, like you said earlier about, you know, when you get slow days or slow months, that's when it's like pulling teeth. Cause I'm like, wow, but is anything happening? Like, yeah. You know, um, but it has been a gradual, gradual kind of progression, which is nice. I suppose it's out of your control, right? Because you're working with people who are spreading the word and you're playing gigs. You can only just do you. Yeah, it's all a bit, it's all a bit kind of in the ether, really. And I think from my experience, like, I know everyone's different, but it's not good for me really to think about like ways of I don't, and it's not like you said it's not really even possible you know I feel like the harder I think about it 
well, the more I try, the less seems to happen. The more I just like <laughs> myself and focus on music, it seems to fit, work itself out. I guess it's just hard to accept that there's so much out of your control. As a, a footballer and a boxer, do you think that gave you, I'm thinking here about, you know, when things like that happen and things are slow or it's just quiet downtimes, like what can you do to just keep on doing your craft? And is, is, you know, I wonder from football and boxing, there's a lot of training, there's a lot of research, a lot of reading. What, what do you do? You know, is, is it songwriting? Is it listening to Neil Young records and, <laughs> you know, like educating yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a cycle. Like, like everyone, I think I go through periods where I can't be bothered to do anything and I'm just moping around. But I do think from years of training and trying to be strict with yourself and really just like holding yourself accountable for your mm-hmm. own feelings, I think that's something I learned from boxing specifically because it was like so intense and so like no one's going to tell you to get up and do this. You have to do it yourself or you're going to get your ass kicked kind of thing. And you're actually going to really be on the ground sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's got, that has stayed with me. It's not always that present, but when the going gets a little tough, I'm like, wait, I know what to do. I need to focus, keep busy, be healthy, you know, enjoy exercise. Exercise is a big one for me. When I exercise, it makes me kind of happy. What's your one? Are you a, are you a jogger? Are you a, a gymmer? I'm not a gymmer. I can't, can't gym it um too many mirrors in the the gym for me but (laughs) quite a lot of glass and mirrors in there muscle and a lot of mirrors and glass and like spray (laughs) bottles you know i mean it's like i can't be doing can't be dealing with it but i used to love running but then i think i got this i think i got runner's knee i go i do box fit really yeah and i ride my bike a lot i like cycling yeah Bunny is such a great, such a like liberating sounding record. I know you went to the States and you spent some time there. What was that like? Was that part of what we're talking about? Inspiration, being in a different place, getting excited, meeting some cool people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it affected the way the kind of outcome of the album massively because I was in someone else's world really for a couple of months. I was with the producer, Lauren, and he, uh, he's got a beautiful house and he's got really cool friends. And, you know, it's, it's um, always a treat for me to experience somewhere new through music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just felt like I could escape into this, into this bunny world, you know, like it's just all music every day. Um, and everyone drives on the other side of the road and everything has cheese on it. Yeah, and there's like 10 ways to have a fried egg and <laughs> like, Oh, I feel like all of that plays into, you know, peanut, a jar of peanut butter costs like $25. <laughs> really? Stay, stays with you. Yeah. It stays with you. You're doing vocal takes. I'm thinking like, God, I better make this count. What you say about getting into that world of bunny, it's, it's almost like there's that thing about the more specific a lyric, the more universally it can be felt. And equally, when you, tell your story or the, the deeper you go inside of yourself, like the more esoteric you get, like that can allow other people to do the same. And I think that's the most important, that's the most special thing about music for me. And it's funny. It's, it almost seems like it's hard to get to that point, even though that's the clear nugget of gold down there. Yeah. I guess we're all like kind of hard on ourselves and it's hard to 
I personally find it, I don't find it hard to sing about my own self in a relatable way. You know, like we all have feelings and we all have these emotions and I'm not guarded about that at all, really. But I think that it's a hard line to walk because you feel like, I feel like, am I being cheesy? Is this interesting enough? When really, like you say, the most simple, honest kind of lines often are the ones that people and, and I as a music fan like really relate to. But mm-hmm. something something happens when it's coming from you. You kind of look at, lose sight of actually what, what the whole point is. You know what I mean? You can kind of look over it, can't you? It's like the most special thing is the most obvious thing because that's you. You wake up, you're that person every day. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't really get to witness yourself in a way yeah. that you do others. Is it the same with the style as well? Because the you know what you're wearing and the colours, they're 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 so much fun. There's a bit of new radicals in there. <laughs> but everyone wants to have a good time every now and then. You know that's what music's for, right? And then that's this is a way to get into it. Yeah, I mean that's really nice to hear. Like people that listen to the album of like tell me how upbeat it is and how like happy it makes them feel and um i guess it's comfort to me because i I don't didn't really think that much about that side of things i just think was having fun making it and like the things i like the the sleeve and the clothes i was wearing on the cover and stuff it's like i didn't think about it at all really i think i you know it's like it's all quite practical like i had a bad haircut so i put a hat on and like you know like so it's, it's really it's really nice when you know you hear these like someone else looks at something or hear something and go, oh god this makes me feel like this because i'm like oh yeah like i was completely unaware of a lot of that when i did it which is quite nice i think that's probably a sign that you're doing something right yeah when you're having the most natural conversation you don't think about what you're saying right yeah and i, I didn't think about you know like the the overall feeling of the album really i just did it and then now i guess when i look back I'm like, oh yeah it's very upbeat and that's that's nice because i'm gonna have to play these bloody songs so yeah <laughs> you might as well have a good time yeah exactly do you remember handing the record in and what you did that day when you handed the masters in or when you got the you know the masters back i mean what was that whole what, what are you like with the at the end of that process because it's sort of like fading into the next process of kind of hurry up and wait yeah what's your what's your thing what do you do i um well the first thing i do usually is i listen to something over and over and over and over and over and over again which is kind of sad but I, but it's something I end up, I'm sure a lot of people do it. But I, yeah, maybe if I was just glad. I think I was just like, thank fuck, that's finished. Because yeah, because it went. You know, we were doing mixes and we had not that long to do it all. So by the time we got to the end of handing stuff over, I was like, please God, don't let them like kind of raise anything else that's on this album because I I'm completely sick of it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, the feeling of like being able to actually listen to it and hear it came comes for me a lot later. I need to forget about it and come back. But it felt amazing to, to hand it over and be done with it and, you know, feel like I put my best foot forward. Because I had made these really weird, funky demos and sent them to Yalo and the response was really supportive, but also like, what is this? <laughs> and are you going to put real drums on it and are they going to be faster than these really slow, weird, funky type <laughs> demos you sent us? 
And I think I was just really, I felt like Yala had taken a bit of a gamble to allow me to go to, to New York and do that really based on those demos. And I was really proud when we got to hand them over because I thought like, hopefully I'd done them proud, you know, all of their fears of, of like, what, of, what, what is this? I think I felt like oh, I've got something I'm really, I like, I, you trusted me and here it is. And I think it's great. I think you're going to love it. And they did. So who's the producer? How, how were you introduced to him? His name's Lauren Humphrey. And I was, we were kind of introduced to each other through um, Ian McAndrew, who is here at Wildlife, so my management company. And um, I had sent some demos. I'd recorded an album at home, basically. And Ian suggested, you know, maybe, um, I think weirdly, Ian had sent them to Alex Turner. And Alex Turner was like, maybe Lauren could help because, you know, because of the sound of it all. When, where does Alex Turner come into the picture? He's, he's got, he's, we've got the same manager. So I think it had kind of gone to Ian and maybe a song had got to Alex. And then, I mean, that's what I I feel like happened based on what I've been told. And then I was, I was actually a bit fed up. So I was like, well, the album's done. I've done it all at home. Like, don't want to do it again. And they were like, just talk to Lauren on the phone, you know. And, um, and funnily enough, I thought Lauren was James Ford. <laughs> they were like, there's this great producer we work with, is, you know, and like, just talk to him on the phone. And I was like, oh, if it's James Ford, then I will. And like, I haven't told Lauren this. And then I got on the phone. I was like, I thought James Ford was English. Like, it's, a, it's an American guy. But we just hit it off, like, you know, immediately and ended up speaking for about four hours on the phone. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I feel very lucky to have met Lauren, like, because he's amazing as a person and as a producer. That's a really funny story. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's not James Ford. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I quite often think there'll be someone in your position where, you know, there are those ups and downs of the reality of it or however you want to call it, the career, the reality. I often wonder about these people who are like, so like at the top of their game, like James Ford or like Lauren or like the management company where it's, you know, they're obviously, they obviously see something in you to work together and try and elevate each other ultimately and like make something cool, make something special synergy. <laughs> but I often think like, isn't that funny that there's, there is that industry where there's that huge part of the industry that the people that are coming up are having to, you know, fight for it. And on Monday or Tuesday, they might be working at Asda and on Wednesday, they're going for the session on Thursday and Friday, they're back at Asda. Yeah. Like, I wonder what, like, have you had those kinds of conversations with, with those folk? Yeah, I mean, when I first met them, I was full-time music. So that was a few years ago now. And scraping by, you know what I mean? Like, if I say mm. full-time music, but living cheaply mm. and, and kind of whatever, not paying much rent and stuff. Um, but it's become more present now because, uh, you know, I've got a little job and um, it's just one of those things. It's like, at times, I think it's easy to feel... Um, maybe this is just me, but I'm like, God, it sucks. I have to do this. You know, feeling well, the, the little job that you're doing. Yeah, the little job or like, you know, going on tour. What, what is like, it? It's a little bar job. Yeah. And I'm nice. lucky, I'm lucky really because I'm working for my friend, but I think he's just fired me. <laughs> I think he's just fired me because I've got, I've got too many tours. Um, but we do talk about it, but really it's like, it's kind of irrelevant really. Like I'm, 
so adamant on playing music that I don't like to it's not that I don't like to talk about it but it's like I'll make I'll do whatever yeah really and we've spoken about it a bit and like I speak to Lauren about it we kind of you know he's like oh god it sucks but and I think at first I was like god it sucks you know but now I'm like that's just how it is and yeah there's so many people doing that and so many people making amazing amazing art throughout history that have done that and yeah you know, I think it's our job as artists to just pull our socks up really and get on with it and I think it's our job as fans to have compassion or like understand that human element of it you know of course I like by having this conversation I'm very aware I never want to pull someone's mystery away from them by asking them questions especially now with socials and all the rest of it the way that we see people's lives on the daily you know it's that compassion also i think that it has that element of like inspiring people to do their art i mean i feel like more and more over the last few years i meet people who are like oh yeah i make masks and they'll show me their instagram they'll be like and i'll be like what the fuck that's crazy and it's like (laughs) yeah you know i do it every day after work but i make I make masks. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a barista. I make. I make art. You know, I make. Yeah. I'm an artist, and I think that's a, that's a really cool way to think. Like, every, you, you can make a, a cottage industry out on Instagram now. You know, everyone's. Yeah. Everyone knows someone who's making beads or necklaces and selling them. That's cool. Yeah, it is inspiring, and I think, like you, I've met people that, you know, I think with maybe not everyone, but I definitely grew up thinking like, if you get a job, you kind of failed. You know, like. No. If, you're, if you're working then you're not an artist and I mean that's so far from the truth and I've met amazing successful artists that also just work you know and have other jobs and do other things and I think from my experience it was a bit of a kick up the arse but a really good one because mm. I you know I like I want to do music really and I, I was like god this is actually really hard work working in this bar <laughs> for, for a right. second yeah and I was like god this is hard and then I was like, this is exactly what I needed because it just reminds me of how much I love music and how, yeah. how important it is to me. And like call it like taking it for granted or calling it like a reminder that if, it, if that's doing a good thing, it's a good thing. Exactly. Sometimes I hate going to the gym. I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym today. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> and I do it. And after an hour, I get back and I'm like emailing people. And all of a sudden I've got these new ideas. I'm like, come on, yeah. I'll have it. You know, let's have it. Yeah. You know, and it's funny how you can't like doing the thing that you don't want to do can change you that way. You know, even having a big, like lots of people don't like drinking pints of water in the, or, or water in the day. Have a glass of water. You feel better. Yeah. I got, re- I got really into like, I mean, I know loads of people have gotten into this, but my dad became slightly obsessed with like cold showers and cold dips, right? And I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a whim fan. I'm not really a whim fan, but like I got into, into like cold, getting into cold water and the feeling you get afterwards is like, like a bit like you at the gym. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I do not want to do this. It's six o'clock in the morning. Like this is just punishment. Why am I doing this to myself? You get in and you get out and you're like, I feel like I could run through a brick wall now. Like I feel amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> we need that stuff. It's, yeah, that's my point. We need to stop. It's not all about getting your cake and eating it. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an Orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What have you want? Part-time jobs, what have you want? Part-time jobs, what have you want? Part-time jobs, what have you want? Part-time jobs. These gigs that you've done, the the big supports, what are the big supports like? Does it feel like trying to win over the crowd? Because there's going to be a, a, a percentage of people who are aware of you, seeing you for the first time. What, how do you like, how do you, how do you approach it? How do you go into that? I hadn't done that many, you know, that this year is really the first, first time I've, I've done support tours like that, that are like arenas and stadiums. And I've learned a lot, you know, and then we first did that, I think I was playing like we were in a club, mm. you know, like just stood in one spot and just like hoping that people like the music. And by the time, like fast forward to the tour we just did, I mean, I'm like, running all over the place now, high-fiving people and hugging them and literally just trying to win people over and thinking like, if I hug, if I can hug 16 people across the front, that's probably 16 people that will remember that gig. Definitely. And I think I, I, I mean, maybe this is good and bad, but I realised, I was like, instead of doing this guitar solo, like, is that really the best way to make a mark on this group of people that don't know who we are probably can't spell my name properly so instead of now I'm like on this support I'm like right put when I have the solo space instead I just like run along and try and high five as many people as I can and like yeah. take selfies with people and yeah I think yeah it's just like trying to trying to win people over and give people something to remember it sounds like a lot of fun doing that as well a lot of fun once I opened that door I was like kind of don't want to play guitar anymore <laughs> there's that element of being like a clown but being a clown who has good songs yeah is that something that you channel it's a fine line i think and i think something i was really aware of before and hesitant to be like i really first and foremost care about playing well and the music sounding good that's my priority and i feel like when that other stuff when the show side of things starts to affect that then then you've got problem but mm. i think if you do things with a good heart and you're genuine you can't really go wrong and i don't take myself too seriously and i'm willing to be the clown at times and um you know i, I think actually seeing the way people respond it's like ah I, i'm just kind of being myself mm. and that's an extension of this music and I think that's where I'm at with it at the minute. I might that, that might change when I see some fo- footage of myself running around. <laughs> but, yeah. but you see it like no matter who how someone is acting, there, there's some like weird voodoo human nature shit where we can tell. We can tell when someone's yeah. fronting or like putting a mask on. It's weird, isn't it? It's um, that's like what dogs have. You know the way the dogs can know when know yeah. what, where ghosts are. Yeah. Dogs know when the bad when the man's a bad man. Yeah, you can sense it. Also, you can feel it. You know, like I can feel it if I'm doing something that doesn't. You know, I'm like putting my foot up on the monitor or something, and it doesn't feel right. I'm like, ugh, 
gives me the ick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm aware. You learned that lesson. Yeah, yeah. I'm like figuring <laughs> out where are these boundaries. I've realized over this time that this conversation, it's, it's not about jobs. It's everything that you're doing, even talking about putting your foot on the monitor and learning that's not the thing to do. That's part of it. That's part of the remit of, of what you're doing. Basically, I like hearing about people's work fails and work <laughs> gaps. <laughs> <laughs> are you someone who's who's goofed around at work you know uh purposefully or not are you some what, what what's your um you know talking about you know side hustles i mean did you get a teenage job i so I, my first real job was i was laboring my dad's a plaster and i was laboring for my dad for a couple of years that's a nice hookup really it's a good hookup it's hard work but it's like you know you're the the boss's son really um can't get bullied kind of get, end up getting bullied more somehow <laughs> and actually like having spoken to my dad about it since he's he's kind of like taking the credit away from the hard work that i did he's like yeah but you know i looked after you i'm like <laughs> i don't remember it really being like that actually dad and everyone's like oh, i wasn't a real job he was working for his dad so it's like kind of you can't win yeah, i can't really win but i didn't i didn't get to mess around that much he's very serious about it all I then got a job as a greengrocer years after and I did actually um, get in trouble because I would be left to run the shop. It was like a small greengrocer's and a guy was really intense and it effectively, he was a lovely guy but kind of manipulated me into running his shop for him but paying me the same amount because obviously I'm green but, you know, wet by five years. Yeah. And um, I was like, while he was out, he had these big stacks of baklava by the till and every day I used to have one and I thought, yeah. I deserve this. Right? And if he'd come around the corner, I'd get it. And I'm like, put it away, you know. <laughs> and one day he came, and this went on for months, you know, of me thinking that like, I'm getting one over on, on this guy. Because, you know, we're kind of taking advantage of each other. And um, he came around the corner, I was eating one. I was like, oh, you know, I won't say his name. Let's just call him Dave. I was like, sorry, Dave, I, you know, he caught me. I'm having the, I was hungry. And he's like, you know, I have a camera up there. <laughs> He's like, I know you eat them every day. You yeah. never notice the camera. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Awful. I worked in the supermarket before and they had uh, the the sort of the fresh produce that had just come in off the off the lorry and they're ready to put out these pears. And for some all my mates worked in the supermarket was actually joyous because they'd always have mad Christmas parties and everyone working got a plus one. So if half your mates working there, then your entire extended friend group could all chip along to this brilliant party with all these older strangers. Always, a, always a great time. For some reason I took the job as a till boy rather than be on dry goods, for example, where Tom and Harry were having a blast, you know, to try and sort of reclaim back some kind of agency. I, I picked up a pear and I munched into this pear and I swear to God, it was the nicest, juiciest, crispiest, you know, pears are a bit of a, a bit of a, a balance between crunchiness and taste. Yeah. Right. And this one just had the best of both worlds. It was beautiful. Had the first bite. I turned around and my manager, my big manager was there. And I kind of had to put it, um. put, put it in front of my mouth and just pretend nothing had happened. I, I felt pretty worried about it. I mean, 
in retrospect, I was 16 and so what? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. It doesn't feel like that at the time. It didn't feel like that when I got caught, you know, with, this, with the sweet stuff in my mouth. I was like, oh God. It's scary. It's like being told yeah. off by a teacher and the, you start welling up. You're like, what? Yeah. Why am I doing yeah. this? Yeah, why am I crying? What about recent time? Have you, have you, um, yeah, I mean, you, you said you're about to, you may or may not be getting fired from your current boss. Have there been times of, of firings because of tours? I mean, there's, I've, I basically fire myself because I feel like I push my luck without trying to. Um, I think this is the, the, the most it's felt like I've been fired because before I kind of like picked things up and then left them and had not that many jobs, but a few that have been easy to just be like, I can only do this for this long. And then that's yeah. that kind of everybody knows. But this re- recent one, I've been bar, bar back. It's a um, lot wrong, isn't it? It's it's pretty low, but I actually have learned to enjoy it. And I, I like kind of messing with people and stuff, but. And you've got your role, you know what you're doing there, right? Well, so, so you fill it up, you know, it's like you, you do the role. That's There's the- a lot to do as well, actually, which is a, which was a, a, a plus because it keeps you busy the whole time and you're not really there to, you can't really twiddle your thumbs much. There's always something yeah. to do. Yeah. But, um, that's, that's the biggest fire experience I was talking to my mate and he's such a sweet lovely supportive friend and you know it happened before where I had these dates and I you know and they clashed with stuff he'd booked in and I told him and he was upset you know because he's like I'm trying to run a business here yeah. mate you know and I'm like I completely get it but I do have to go and do this and, and it was a bit like you know we left it on a just please be more organised tell me when things come in and I'll try my best to employ you kind of thing and I literally just got back from tour and it, the same ha- happened again. And I was like, you know, his name's Ben. Shout out to Ben because I love him to bits. <laughs> and he's done me a massive solid in the first place by having me there. And but I was like, Ben. And he was like, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> he's like, yeah, what can you do? And I think he's going to leave me on the books and yeah. give me the odd shift. That's very nice. He's a sweetheart, yeah. It sounds like getting their school report, but they always say the same thing. Always talks in class, always does the same thing over and over. Yeah, it was it was a very funny dynamic, and probably quite hard for Ben because like I'm pretty, I was pretty clueless when I started there, and he would have to kind of tell me off for doing things wrong. You know what I mean? And, and I'd be like, "Are you serious, mate?" And he's like, "Yes, I'm serious. Please, for God's sake, just, just please, Will." that's a good uh that's a good ego come down isn't it yeah yeah. you're like i'm not on stage now (laughs) nobody here gives a fuck (laughs) willie thanks so much i really appreciate it you know i appreciate the time so cheers for the stories man well thanks for having me nice one so there he was willie j healy here on 101 part-time jobs his album bunny is out next friday so go pre-save that jam the singles until then they're all wonderful see you next week for some more episodes cheers for listening please feel free to leave a review or rate it wherever you're listening to this all that star giving that stargazing does so much for the show it helps me keep booking brilliant guests so you'll be doing your part for the show thank you very much see you soon it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.